Welcome to the Say Yes to Life podcast. Here at CrossFit Advantage, we believe that life is a team sport where every person, no matter who you are, is the most valuable player in the game. We are a community of humble, hungry, happy, helpful people whose mission is to improve quality of life through health and fitness. Today, I'm here with owner and CEO of CrossFit Advantage, Cody Looney, to talk about what CrossFit is. Recently, we did an episode about what is fitness, and today we get to dive deeper into what's been deemed the sport of fitness, aka CrossFit. Cody, I kind of liked how we started last time with what fitness is not, so can we do that same thing for what CrossFit is not? So what are some common misconceptions? What are things you hear people say about CrossFit who haven't tried it? Take it away. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. And what is CrossFit is a question that I have been getting for like 15 years. And how to answer it is all, always a challenge. So kind of starting with what it isn't is a great, a great idea. Um, what CrossFit is not. CrossFit is not just like circuit training. CrossFit is not like a really hardcore, intense boot camp. Uh, CrossFit is not all about flipping tires and swinging sledgehammers and getting your hands bloody and chalk everywhere. Um, CrossFit is not a cult. <laughs> um, well, if it is, it's a really good cult, I guess. Um, CrossFit is not all about the CrossFit games. CrossFit is not just for elite athletes. Um, man, I guess I could probably go a little bit farther, but those are some things that's not that I think there's some common mis misconceptions about, about CrossFit for sure. Yeah. I've heard all those before. Something I hear a lot is, oh my gosh, you're going to get hurt doing CrossFit. Oh my gosh. That's so intense. I think people have this idea that it's only for crazy elite athletes, like Olympic level athletes or bodybuilders or yeah, I think the main thing is, oh, I'm going to get hurt. That's going to destroy my body. And I'm kind of thinking like, well, you can get hurt cutting an avocado or riding your bike. There's risk in anything. Uh, but just like we have protocols in place for preventing the spread of COVID, we have protocols in place for making sure it's safe. So I just think it's, it's funny to hear people's uh, expectations versus reality. Yeah, that's for sure. And I think, uh, first of all, if you get hurt cutting an avocado, totally worth it. They're amazing. Um, True. But, but uh, I, uh, you know, I've, I've seen some people get banged up over the years and I've never seen anybody get hurt from bad movement. I see people get hurt from not uh, having clear, uh, a, a clear grasp on their capabilities and their expectations. So we all have this variable of ego that can kind of come into play. And the only times I've seen people get banged up is when they weren't paying attention. They didn't set up their equipment or their space properly, or they weren't quite right with their expectations of how things should go. And that's when I see people get banged up. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm definitely not on the <laughs> pro injury side, but I'd rather get a little bit banged up every once in a while in training than, uh, than risk long-term the do-nothing uh, risks for sure. So True. I think that there's even probably an even greater risk long-term by not doing any of these things and just sitting around. Sweet. So let's hop into the definition of CrossFit. So According to CrossFit.com, the definition of CrossFit is constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity. So can we break this down into its three parts and talk about each one? So let's start with uh, constantly varied. What does that mean? 
Yeah, constantly varied is, well, one, it's like seemingly random. So it seems like we're pulling movements or combinations or workouts out of a hat. We aren't, but it seems random. And you could test with some random randomization, but it seems random. And that's because the tasks and the requirements needed for regular life come at us a lot more unknown than they come at us known. You know, an NFL team, they know they're playing on Sunday. They know what time, they know where, they know what the weather is going to be like, they know the opponent. But in real life, we don't know when we're going to have to do something or what it's going to be. And in the early days, we knew this was true for our law enforcement, firefighters, and military that were training with the program. And we found that all of us regular people were a lot more like that demographic than the professional athletes in our physical needs. So to increase our general physical preparedness, we're ready for the unknown and the unknowable. We could kind of do whatever we need to do whenever it comes up. And not only is this a really effective way to train and prepare your body and your mind for anything that comes your way, it also is really fun. It's like the non-routine routine. My main routine is that I show up three to six days a week. But what I do, it's never really the same. It seems like there's no pattern. And that, for me, keeps it really fun, keeps it engaging. And because my body never really picks up on what the pattern is, it never stops adapting. It never stops improving. And that's where that constant variance really has a huge benefit for us long term. We have athletes that have trained with us here for 13 years or more, and they're still breaking personal records on things 13 years in. And that constant variance is a big piece of that because it continues to change. It keeps you on your toes and keeps you improving. Yeah, I like that a lot. It keeps you on your toes for sure. I think that's one of my favorite things about CrossFit is that it's something different every day. You never get bored. You can walk into the gym every day and get your butt kicked in something. Um, and it's you, you never plateau. I feel like I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with being a specialty athlete and maybe you're an endurance runner and that's what you want to do is run marathons or do triathlons. Um, but I would get bored doing that same thing over and over. So I feel like CrossFit is kind of like dodgeball and it's just people throwing stuff at me and I'm just always constantly having to adapt, but it's so fun. It definitely keeps you on your toes. If there was like a professional dodgeball league, CrossFitters would be the best at it. That's for sure. Oh, easy, easy. All right, let's talk about functional. So second part of the definition is functional movements. What do we mean by that? And maybe could you give a few examples of what that looks like? Absolutely. And this is one of my favorite ones to talk about as well, because, you know, I said in a couple episodes ago, I was a personal trainer before CrossFit. And the word functional movement has been kind of a buzzword for 15 or 16 years. And one thing I loved about CrossFit was they defined what we consider a functional movement. You know, if you talk to the uh, the bodybuilding folks, they'll talk about, uh, they define it very differently. The, they'll be they'll have you do sit-ups on a Swiss ball and have you standing and doing like a stability progression and um, all these other things. And one thing I loved about CrossFit when I first found it was they said, hey, if we're going to call something functional, let's, let's define what that means to us. And um, there's a few requirements and a few things that are defining characteristics of a functional movement to us. Functional movements are universal motor recruitment patterns. That means they're patterns that happen in daily life. I sit down, I stand up, I throw a ball, I pick something up, I turn, I set it down. Um, things that happen normally. They are performed in a wave of contraction from core to extremity. So use your big muscles, then your medium muscles, then your little muscles. So you see a lot less of like our isolation of like our little 
small muscles, but using a lot of core, a lot of movements that require core strength, deadlifts, squats, pull-ups, running, things that you know require the whole body to work together. Uh, they are compound movements, aka multi-joint. So like I said, we rarely isolate a joint. Um, occasionally we do for some auxiliary strength, but most of our work is multi-joint. They are natural, effective, and efficient locomotors of body and external objects. So they're just natural patterns that get us to move ourselves really well and to move external objects really well. So I can move my person good. I can also pick something else, pick something up and put it somewhere else. Um, but there's nothing more important in defining a functional movement than its ability to move a large load a long distance quickly. And this is our definition of power. You know, power is exactly equal to intensity and it can be measured with load times distance over time. Functional movements have this inherent ability to produce power. Think about maybe two comparisons would be a deadlift, a thruster, and a sit-up. A deadlift, you move a heavy, heavy load, a medium distance, but it's not super quick. A sit-up, you move a light load, a short distance, but very quickly. And then a thruster, you move a medium load, a long distance, relatively fast. Which of those has the highest power output? It'd be the thruster because of the way uh, that that math works out. So of those three movements, are we going to see all three of them in our program? Absolutely. But guess which one you happen to see more often? The one that has that ability to pr produce more power. So the thruster. We see deadlifts. Um, we see sit-ups. But the high power movements we see more often. Um, there are also movements that are safe at beyond one rep max. So use the deadlift for example. If you can deadlift 300 pounds low and I give you a bar that's 500 pounds and say, hey, pick this up, what's going to happen? Nothing. And that's there's a safety element there that's really valuable to us. Um, picture a front squat, however. If I can front squat 300 pounds and you give me a bar with 400 pounds, I can pick it up and get set, but something might get wonky on the way down. So as far as the safety beyond one rep max, which of those two is more valuable? The deadlift. So we definitely have a reason to see that one in the programming quite a bit as well. So that's how we define functional movements. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with like your transverse abdominis or your stability or um, other things like that. Like, is it something you'll see in real life? Uh, does it recruit big, medium and small muscles in that order? And does it produce power? And that's kind of our, our primary de you know, defining characteristics for a functional movement. Yeah, I really like how you kind of simplified that part of the definition. Essentially, it just means, are you going to see similar movements in everyday life? Movements that improve your quality of life by making you better at them. So like I always think about like a deadlift is very similar to just picking up an object off the ground or putting something up high on a shelf is a push press and picking up a bag of dog food is a clean. And so it's funny when you start to do CrossFit for a while, you start to realize, wait, like everyday life doing CrossFit all the time. So I love that about it. Yeah, I think you, uh, you know, you're getting good at CrossFit when you're the first friend that your, your people call when they're moving. They're like, Oh, man, I got this whole house of stuff to move. I'm calling Lauren because she can pick up a couch. Uh, that's what uh, even if you don't have a truck, if you're the first person they call to move, you know, you're you know, you're getting better at CrossFit. Oh, that's so true. It's the best compliment ever. I was helping my friend move a couple months ago. And his mom saw me pick up a heavy box and she goes, oh, good girl, you lift with your legs. And I was like, you don't? Come on. <laughs> so I love 
how it's functional and you it's empowering like at the gym, but I think it's almost even more empowering in everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's talk about high intensity. Part three of our definition, what do we mean by high intensity? Perfect. Well, first of all, when we talk about high intensity, we're talking about relative high intensity. And I think that there is this stipulation, like we talked about at the beginning, that high intensity means all out, all the time. And uh, there can definitely be a little bit of a little bit of that, but uh, it's relative high intensity, relative to you, relative to me, relative to the task, relative to today and how I'm feeling, but relative high intensity. Intensity is the secret ingredient that gets us where we want to go. No other variable is going to improve our health and fitness in a better way than intensity. Accumulating more training at low intensity will not get us where we want to go nearly as fast as the right amount of training at optimal intensity, relatively high intensity. And if it's a if there are movements that I'm not very skilled at, what's that can do to my potential for intensity? It's gonna it's gonna lower my potential for load. It's gonna slow down my ability to move quickly. So for that movement, my intensity is going to drop. If it's a time domain that I'm not super comfortable in, it's gonna be a relative intensity. Maybe like right now I'm training for some Olympic lifting goals. Guess what my short and heavy you know, load and time domains look like for intensity? They're up a little bit more compared to usual. But guess what that does to my potential for intensity on our longer, uh, lighter workouts? That's definitely down. So relative intensity. This is also why my grandma and a CrossFit Games athlete and everything in between could come and work out together on any given day. You know, we call, we use scalability and customization to, to help us make that happen to where we can get the intended stimulus for any given workout. We want our heavy days, we want our fast days, we want our skill days, and we wanna mash those up in as many combinations as possible. But if I adjust my workout perfectly and you adjust your workout perfectly, we're gonna finish at almost the same time. And uh, that's important to us to maintain that stimulus. Also, when we talk about intensity, we're not talking about how loud you grunt, how much you sweat, um, how jacked you look in the mirror. We're talking about what did you get done? What work did you get done? How big was the object? How far did it go? And how long did it take? That's also why we collect scores for our workouts. It does bring this element of sport and gaming to where like, I want to chase somebody. I want to try to beat you with this workout where I don't really care if I win or not, but by chasing each other, I get my best score, my best time, my best load. And that's where that relative intensity can be expressed is in that score. How heavy did I lift? How long did it take to get the work done? How much work did I get done in a certain amount of time? So it does bring the element of sport to our training, which makes it fun because that's a lot more fun to chase a ball or chase a game than to just run around for a while. Um, but it's a way for us to improve our relative intensity. You can't have an effective program without it, um, but it doesn't mean all out all the time. You could even say that I want you to train as hard as possible, but be able to come back tomorrow. If you sell out on a workout and you, you just give 100% every single thing that you had, but you can't train for four more days and you repeat that cycle and over and over, it's not going to get us where we want to go nearly as fast as like that 90%, pushing 90% three days in a row and then taking a day off. There's a, a recent study that I've kind of been paying attention to is like this 4% gap. If you push yourself 4% past where you'd like to go every day, that's sustainable. There won't be burnout, 
but it's going to lead to really positive adaptations. I'm not tied to that 4%, but I like the idea of what it represents as far as like how uncomfortable should we get every day? Not completely uncomfortable, but also not completely comfortable, but just maybe 4, 4% more than we want to go each day. And that's sustainable and gives us a lot of, gives us a lot of good benefits from our training. Yeah, that's really interesting. I haven't heard that 4% rule of thumb before, but I'd be interested to see the research behind that. I think sometimes it's really difficult to find that sweet spot. Do you ever finish a workout and think, oh my gosh, I went way too heavy. That was beyond what I should have done. Or on the flip side, do you ever finish a workout and think, wow, I really wish I would have pushed the pace a little bit more, or I totally could have gone heavier on the kettlebell. So I think it's really challenging. It's easier said than done to find that sweet spot of relative intensity. Yeah, totally. I think almost every workout, you wish you did something different. There's very few that you're like, wow, I picked the perfect version. I paced it perfectly. Good job, me. Almost always, you look back and you it's going to improve your plan moving forward next time, right? So that's, uh, that's so common. For sure. And I heard you talking about relative intensity based off of the needs of each individual athlete. So if you are pregnant, if you are coming off an injury, if you are a Masters or Legends athlete or in the 65 plus community, no matter what the workout is, you can all be doing the same workout, but do your own hardest version and still have relatively the same output. I think that's so cool. Can we talk about different seasons of life in terms of intensity? So yes, there are physical factors that impact intensity and what you can give. What about life circumstances. So I'm thinking about the past year of COVID. So maybe people didn't have access to a gym or they're going through financial hardship or family sickness or loss. And it's been mentally a really tough year. How, what is the connection there between relative intensity and yeah, how much you can give, if that makes sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And uh, I agree this last year has been a great, uh, a great example of being willing to turn it down, turn it up, turn it to the left, turn it to the right, if and when needed. Um, I think it just takes some awareness from the individual. You know, as coaches, we really try to tap into that connection piece and, you know, find out as much as we can about each individual, um, who they are, what their, what their goals and obstacles uh, are inside and outside the gym, and then getting a gauge for each person each day so we know how hard to, how hard to push, how hard to support each person that day. So we're trying to help kind of guide that process if we can. Um, I always like to say that I like the analogy of like a race car team and the, the workout is the race itself. And the athlete is going to be in charge of the gas pedal and the brake pedal. And one of my main jobs as the coach is to help steer, not steer for them, but to help steer. But I want them to know that they're in charge of the gas and the brake. And if you remember learning how to drive, when you're newer, what do you tend to do? You probably break more than you gas. And then as you get better and you understand the task of driving, you know how to use them more efficiently, when you can really attack the gas, when to kind of have a foot on each pedal and uh, kind of go from there. So I like, I like teaching that piece of independence to each athlete to where they're in charge of the, the gas and the brake. My main job is to help them with the steering, but also... I don't want to be helping them steer forever, right? I want to have, I want them to have as much independence as possible outside the gym. And that means that, uh, you know, treating them like grownups and giving them some control and some, um, some ability to make their own choices in the gym. They're going to learn from a good choice and a bad choice. And I'm going to give them as much guidance beforehand 
but I want them to get out on the road and drive, and then we'll make some adjustments for the next one. So uh, letting each athlete know that even if uh, maybe today's a race car day, I'm really here to, I'm here to race. I'm here to win. Let's have some fun. You know, there's a, that would be a training day or a compete day. I'm going to sell out. Everything's feeling great. Let's attack. Some days we're not here to train, but we're here to work out. <laughs> Workout means I'm going to push it. Might not be a PR day, but I can really attack each piece pretty hard. I'm really here to get some work done. Some days we're here just to, just to go through the motions. I'm not feeling great. I don't feel amazing, but I just want to move because I'm going to feel better mentally, physically. Don't be afraid to, to dial it back. And then uh, sometimes you have to take a rest day and just do less. So you don't always know what kind of day it's going to be until you get into it. And so just be willing to kind of make those reads, make those adjustments um, and either hit the gas or ease up on it, depending on the day. And like you said, coming off this last year, there's a lot of variables that um, have led to maybe not knowing what, you know, how to hit the gas and break the right way. And uh, just keep working on it, pay attention to it. And, and, and we're going to be fine, you know, in a year, we'll be, uh, we'll be back where we were, or even better. And so just stay patient, be aggressive when you can, and we're going to be looking really good. Absolutely. I love how you put that. And I think self-awareness is so important, so challenging, but really important. Like it's maybe we'll do this in a future episode, talk about recovery and rest and how to know when to let off the gas pedal a little bit. But I like how even within a week of CrossFit workouts, you're still the driver and you can decide whether you are competing, training, working out just to move or resting. I think there is a lot of, there's like a spectrum within the spectrum of how, how much you can put in. So I like that a lot. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. And, you know, just to get back to the value of intensity, it is the secret ingredient that's going to get you where you want to go, the safest, the most effective and the most efficiently. But learning how much of that to put into your, how much of that intensity to sprinkle into your day or into your workout is, is the key. And uh, you, you can't have an effective program without it, but overdosing it is, is, can, be, can be detrimental as well. Mm, for sure. Quick question. I get this a lot. I hear people conflate intensity with heart rate. Could you talk about the difference between those two and the relationship? Yeah, definitely. So heart rate for a long time was used as like the end all be all measure for intensity. And in the endurance world, especially, um, it was like the, it was intensity. And the more time that we spend researching it, we realize that it is a correlate, but it's not a defining characteristic of intensity. Have you done the workout Fran before Lauren? Oh yeah. I did it the other day definitely crushed me. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of a scary workout. And if I were to walk into the room and you're sitting down there and I say, Hey Lauren, get ready. We're doing Fran in five minutes. What would your heart rate do? It would skyrocket. <laughs> Even hearing the word Fran right now, my heart is like up a little bit right now. That doesn't mean that I'm creating fitness right now. Does it? The heart, heart rates do jump up and down in fitness, but they also jump up and down with other things. And so uh, it's not our favorite measurement of intensity. We love, like we talked about earlier, load over di load times distance over time. What was it? How far did you move it? And then how long did it take? Because if you have good technique, if you're, you know, if you're applying the appropriate effort, that's going to be what really moves the needle on that intensity spectrum. Now, if you were to pay attention to as my intensity increases with that equation in mind, 
will my heart rate increase and decrease accordingly? Probably, but also I could take a bunch of caffeine before my workout and what will my heart rate do? It'll be way up higher than usual. That doesn't mean that I'm working harder or getting a better workout. So uh, it can be a really good measurement tool, but it doesn't define intensity. If, you're, if your resting heart rate is getting lower, that's a good thing. If your recovery heart rate is improving, that's a good thing. So don't ignore heart rate. It's, it, it has value. It just isn't a definition of intensity. Yeah, that makes sense. So what I'm hearing is don't drink three cups of coffee and then do Fran because <laughs> that might, uh, might cause some heart problems. <laughs> No, you can do that. Just don't, just don't count it as higher intensity. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Last question. So I'm a super member. I am in love with CrossFit. I've drank the Kool-Aid, been doing it for years. I'm all about it. And I want all my friends to join. Without overwhelming people with definitions and CrossFit jargon, what is the simplest way to describe what CrossFit is? That's the million dollar question, Lauren. I've been trying to sum this up for a long time. Uh, my first, my go-to answer is, let me show you. Why don't you come in and let me show you? Or um, let's go to your garage and let me uh, let me show you really quick. Let me let me teach you two movements and I'll put them together in a way that will kind of change the way that you look at working out, right? So let me show you is always my favorite first answer. But um, beyond that, man, it's just deciding that you're going to work hard uh, physically and you're going to push yourself a little bit beyond where you're comfortable. You're going to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, it's choosing to address your weaknesses, right? To be balanced. We don't want you. We talked about that with, we talked about this with fitness. I don't want you to be strong if you can't be fast. I don't want you to be fast if you don't have endurance. I don't want you to have skills if you don't have capacity. We want balance. So doing CrossFit is just choosing to address your weaknesses. Doing CrossFit is willing to have individual goals but work with a team. You know, we have very much of a team dynamic here, but with individual attention and goals and results in mind. So recognizing that you have different goals than me, but I can look across the room and see that we're both getting after it, working towards our goals. So those would be good ways to kind of sum that up. Um, we're going to just, yeah, we're going to show up. We're going to work hard every day and, uh, and we're going to measure our efforts and that's how we're going to improve it. If you don't measure it, you can't improve it. So I know that wasn't exactly a tight list, but that's that's how I'd frame it up. Hey, I love it. I couldn't have said it better. I think it's important to be able to understand the definition and all of those parts constantly varied functional movements at high intensity. But at the end of the day, it's really just fun and makes you better at life. And so I hope that people who've been doing it for a while kind of recognize that and then maybe newer folks who are dipping their toes into it can start to realize that eventually that, yeah, we're going to work hard, but it's going to make us better. And it's so much fun. Honestly, of course we're biased, yeah. but I think it's pretty fun. Sweet. Well, that is the definition of CrossFit. We're excited to keep smashing it with all of you and we will talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Cody. See you, hello. Nice work. Today, we talked about the methodology of CrossFit. Constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity. Essentially, CrossFit can be done whether you're at a CrossFit gym, 24-hour fitness, or a garage. I think the beauty of CrossFit is that it's something different every day, and it prepares you physically and mentally for the challenges of everyday life, whether you know it or not. Next week, for part two of this topic, we'll dive into CrossFit as a brand and organization, 
and why we are still a CrossFit affiliate gym. Have an amazing day and we will see you soon.